Warning, this podcast involves discussions of a spooky and graphic nature not suitable for children or the faint of heart. Strong language and mature content is present. Listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. And welcome back to another episode here on Three Spooked Girls. I am your host, or one of your hosts, Jessica. And as always, I am joined by my friend, an amazing all-around person, Tara. Hey, Spooksters. So today, we're going to do things a little different. A little. (laughs) So I don't have a drink for you guys because the sound goblin of the world has decided to come down and ruin our episode that we had planned for release today. So in an effort to not kill Tara, because Tara does all our editing and she's amazing. And if you're listening, if you listen to us all the time, you can hear how fantastic our sound is. And it's literally because Tara does such an amazing job. However, it was so much that the Sound Goblin fucked it up so much that we decided to release a patron episode that we had done a long time ago. It's on Alcatraz, which is great because it was a really good episode. Yeah. So patrons, you're probably like, wait, I heard this shit. But yes, you did. But it's back again. (laughs) Right. But it's also been long enough where you're probably like, oh, I don't really remember it. Mm -hmm. I remember hearing about it, but don't. So... Hang in there. Yes. It's a great episode, so there's no drink. No. But like always, you can find us on all our socials. Mm-hmm. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter is at Three Spooked Girls. If you want to be part of a conversation with us, please check out our Facebook group at Three Spooked Girls Official. It is fantastic. I love it because right now we're in the midst of like the whole Corona shelter in place thing. Mm -hmm. And I have found it as such a joyous part of my day to be able to check it out because of like the funny things you guys have been putting in there. It makes me laugh. It takes some stress off of the situation of the world that's out there. So keep that up. It's been great. But if you want to hang out with us, that's a great place to do it. Yeah, and we've done a couple Netflix watch parties at this point. Mm -hmm. If you guys have suggestions on movies or times, let us know. Work is extremely slow for the both of us right now, so we are down to have watch parties with you guys. Just let us know when is good for you and what movies you would like to watch. The last one I did super last minute, didn't really tell anybody. I was like, I'm jumping on in an hour. Come join me. Sarah, watch with me. Thank you, Sarah, for watching Dale and Tucker versus Evil. I almost forgot what we watched for a second, but thank you. Thank you. That was fun. By the way, Thomas was really upset that he was at work when you watched that because it was like one of his favorite movies. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> He's, I'm like, oh, yeah, Tara, watch this. And he's like, and you didn't tell me. And I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, the only problem with that is like you do have to have Chrome to watch it. Facebook watch party is a little weird. I haven't quite figured it out. But if you guys all prefer that, we will try to figure it out. I know Zoom's another option. So if you guys want to try anything like that, let us know. Mm-hmm. And we also got other live streams planned and coming up soon as well. 
Mm-hmm. So check that out. Trying to like shelter in place together, but separate. <laughs> <laughs> virtually together. Virtually. Yes, yes. And make sure that you guys are staying safe. Mm-hmm. And if you like this episode, and I know Tara did an amazing thing, and this is all Tara's idea, so I'm giving her all the credit. She was just like, do you want to do this? And I was like, sure, that's an amazing idea. She released five episodes from our patron library for everyone to listen to. If you're enjoying those, go ahead and become a patron because that's what we do every month. There's some more fun stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Have we released two like Jessica Slaughter's movie reviews? The second one won't have came out yet. So sorry, our days are so jumbled when we're recording this. This is late Sunday because mm-hmm. <laughs> I really tried to save the episode that was supposed to go up today. I really tried to save it. She did. The second Slaughter's has not been released yet, but it will be coming out towards the end of the week. Okay. It will be dropping probably closer to the weekend, but it may come out sooner. We will see. It depends on uh, when that gets done. So just keep an eye out, patrons. And yeah, mm-hmm. two and up. You guys will have access to that. Yeah. So and then we're recording more of those. So there's a ton of content that goes out. Mm-hmm. If you're a five and up patron, we do you have your own Facebook group and we do lives in there. Mm-hmm. I just went through like a crazy one where like my husband literally walked in and said like it was like the weirdest thing, like someone we know's daughter tested positive. And was like, what are you about to do? As I'm like sitting on my bed, like getting ready to go live. I'm like going live. <laughs> and then I was so nervous. So, but it's still, it's still good. It's still fun. We we come on there. Tara tells spooky stories. I've done like a get ready with me. We've done some other really fun kind of things. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of content for patrons, but this is just an example of it. If you'd like to become a patron, you can go to patreon.com slash three spooked girls and sign up that way. But before we jump into the content, we're going to take a quick promo break and hear from some other shows that you should probably listen to as well. Be right back. Hey, true crime fans. Have you listened to Wine and Crime yet? We're a true crime comedy podcast hosted by three childhood friends who chug wine, chat true crime, and unleash our worst Minnesotan accents. Each week, us gals pick a true crime topic and pair it with a delicious wine before delving into the background and psychology behind the crime. Then we share and speculate wildly about a couple of bonkers cases related to the topic. Past episodes include necrophilia, cults, Crimes of passion, cruise ship disappearances, exorcisms gone wrong, all this over a bottle of wine, or let's be real, three. Listen anywhere you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Wine and Crime Pod, and check out our website and blog at wineandcrimepodcast.com. Cheers! Hey everyone, my name is Jess, and I'm the co-host of a weekly true crime podcast called Wife of Crime. Every week, I tell my husband one of my favorite true crime stories, and he reacts to them. Sometimes, I get mad at him. You're going to really regret all of this judginess that you're doing right now once I tell you this story, because you're being very judgmental. Obviously, something bad's going to happen. She's making a lot of bad decisions. Well, you're being very judgmental. Stop. And sometimes, he makes really weird noises. Ah! He now thinks that he's an FBI profiler. Yeah. How about no. that? Rust a profiler placebo oh. effect. <laughs> but most of the time, he just has really funny color commentary. Wow, so he's sitting in his 
human leather chair eating fruity pebbles out of a skull. (laughs) You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts and check us out on Instagram at Wife of Crime Pod. Okay, and we are back, and now we are going to time travel back to when we recorded this and give you the content. Enjoy. Today, we are bringing you a little bit of a mix of paranormal and true crime. We are going to be talking about the infamous Alcatraz today. Yes, my husband requested this. Oh, so cute. So yes, and you guys can always request stuff too. I think Michelle's requested, someone's requested episodes. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But if you guys ever have ideas for us or suggestions for your guys' episodes, feel free to yes. feel free. You never know what'll happen. We might do them. Yeah, we might do them. We might, we might. But uh, before we jump in, I know Jessica's selected a fantastic drink for you guys. So I'm going to hand it off to her. So this month, we are talking about the very spooky, freaky, scary, The Rock, not Dwayne The Rock. We're talking about Alcatraz. Mm -hmm. So I started thinking about San Francisco and how I've actually never been to Alcatraz because I'm like, I don't know if I want to pay that money (laughs) (laughs) to go on a boat because it's breezy out on the bay, which made me think, oh, my God. If we're doing Alcatraz, we have to do a Bay Breeze. Yes, perfect. Right? And it's very, very simple. It's it's a really good staple drink to make. It's really simple. You'll need three ounces of cranberry juice, one and a half ounces of vodka. You know me. I'm going to go with Tito's. Two ounces of pineapple juice and a lime for garnish. You combine the cranberry juice, vodka, and pineapple juice and you pour it over ice and then garnish it with a lime wedge yum yum it is delicious i am here for it it is definitely good you can also get these on southwest airlines not sponsored just kidding (laughs) fuck it i would die no (laughs) oh my god southwest love us but they won't hear this unless someone who works for them becomes a patron (laughs) Unless one of our patrons knows someone who works at Southwest. You know, you know. But yes. That was actually the first time I'd ever had one is I was flying home from a work trip. And I have a tradition that when I fly home from a work trip, I have a cocktail on my flight because I have tickets, Mm. Um, (laughs) like drink coupons. So as I was going about my business... I was like, oh, I want a cocktail. What should I get? And she's like, you should try this. And she pointed. And I was like, okay, let's do it. And it was delicious. Nice. Nice. I like that. Oh. I was excited. Yeah. Cuckoo. So now you know what the drink is. So what's what are you drinking, Tara? I've got, I still got some stragglers left of my Red's Wicked canned drink shit in the black cherry. Canned drink shit? That's awesome. <laughs> I'm like hard ale, hard cider. I don't know what the reds are technically called, but I think they're ciders. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. You know, sweet drinks. So I have one of those guys because they're delicious. So I just grabbed one of those. So that's nothing too exciting, but that's what I'm drinking because in real time, tomorrow's the recording of the live. So I'm saving, Mm -hmm. saving the good drinks for tomorrow. Drinks. Yes, 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 yes. But yeah, that's uh, there's our drinks. So I did also want to just quickly, I know we don't do business or anything, but I did want to mention if you are listening to this and you're in our $10 tier and you have not gotten your episode topic sent to us, please do so. You can send it either via email, you can DM us, you can always even Facebook message me. Those usually pop up in the request 
kind of thing, whatever. It doesn't matter. Wherever you'd like to send it, please do so we can get that on the list. But that is all I got. So let's just go ahead and dive in. I'm going to hand it back over to Jessica. She's got the kind of like true crime aspects. And then I'll tell you a little bit about the spooky spooks. So I'm going to give you a little bit of history. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to talk about some things. Okay. So Alcatraz, it's most popularly known for being the Alcatraz Federal Penitentiary or the United States Penitentiary Alcatraz Island. It is referred to as Alcatraz, or as I mentioned earlier, The Rock. It was a maximum security prison that was housed on Alcatraz Island, which is 1.25 miles off the San Francisco coast. So if you've ever been to San Francisco and you've been down by like Pier 39 and you look out towards the Golden Gate Bridge. It's right there. It's beautiful. We were there, what, in June? We didn't go to Alcatraz, but we were in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Mainly because like to go to Alcatraz, we'd have to walk. What was it like? We'd have to walk all the way down like. It was far and it was kind of late in the day. So we were all just we were just kind of like, meh. <laughs> right. We were at like, what was it? Pier. Th- I think we we're at P- Pier 37 and they're like, mm-hmm. you have to go to Pier 6 to get tickets. And we're like, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, thank you. <laughs> so we um, we opted out. And the mini spookster was with us. So she probably would have like fell over and died at that point. because She was so tired. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, at that point, we had taken her to the Museum of Ice Cream. Mm-hmm. We had gone to like two other like art installations that were really cool. Mm-hmm. We had done a bunch of walking around on the pier We'd gone to the left-handed store. She would not have done it. No. So the prison ran from August 11th, 1934 until March 21st, 1963. Before it was a prison, it was a fort in the 1850s. Mm-hmm. I knew that, but I had forgotten <laughs> until I reread it. And then I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. During its tenure, it housed over 1,500 federal inmates, which... We'll talk about some later, but it housed Al Capone, Robert Franklin, I believe it's pronounced Stroud, which is the Birdman of Alcatraz, Mm -hmm. George Machine Gun Kelly, Bumpy Johnson, and a few others that were, um, you know, high profile dudes in their day. There were 36 prisoners that tried to escape. There was a total of 14 escape tries during the 29 years that the prison was up and running. And the most violent attempt of that is the Battle of Alcatraz. And I will talk about that in a little bit. And then there is the theory that there was a possible successful attempt made that they got away in the 1960s. Mm. So it is a three-story cell house that includes four main cell blocks, A through D. It has the obviously the warden's office, a visitor's room, which can you imagine having to visit someone on Alcatraz? Fuck no. I'd be like, all right, see ya. Never. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm going to write you, but I'm not going to come see you. Mm-mm. <laughs> Mm-mm. It had a barber shop, which most prisons had. It had a place called The Hole, <laughs> which is... Essentially solitary confinement. Man, what's with all these old prisons having like the scariest names for their solitary confinement? Jesus. Yeah, right. The cells were very primitive and they lacked privacy. So you could like pretty much see in them. It had a bed, a desk, a wash space, and then a toilet that was on the back wall. And then it had a few other things, had a few furnishings, except a blanket. Oh, all right. Well, I mean, these, these people did very horrible things. So yeah. But it's fucking cold. Well, you know. Right. 
it was a segregated prison Mm -hmm. because this happened before the desegregation of the country. Right. The D block housed the worst inmates and five cells at the end were designed. That's what they called the hole. So like, you know. Mm -hmm. So basically, if you were behaving really bad, you went there. Yeah. Here's a fun fact that I didn't know about Alcatraz is that all of the hallways or corridors are named after streets in the U.S., like Broadway or Michigan Avenue. I didn't know that. I thought that was an interesting fact. I was like, oh, that's cool. Oh, mm-hmm. I like it. Me too. So on August 11th, 1934, at 9.40 in the morning, the first batch of 137 prisoners arrived at Alcatraz from the United States Penitentiary of Leavenworth, Kansas. And that's still a pretty heavy, like, Mm. isn't Leavenworth a military? Fort Leavenworth? Yeah. That's like their high security prison. I was like, so that means you were in the military and you did something bad, bad. Very, very bad. Right. And they were, they actually were traveled by rail and they were handcuffed to high security coaches that were guarded by 60 FBI agents. Oh, wow. Right? Like, woo. And then there was also some U.S. Marshals and some, obviously, railroad security. Mm-hmm. Among the first inmates, there were 14 men from McNeil Island, Washington, 43 prisoners from a penitentiary in Atlanta. So basically, they were coming from all over the country. Mm-hmm. This prison, to say the least, had a reputation of being quite, what's the word I'm looking for? Hellish. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's one of its nicknames was called Helcatraz. Ooh. Mm-hmm. That's fun. Yeah, it was bad. It was from its very inception, it was known as one of the toughest prisons in America and was considered by many the world's most fearsome prison in its day. That sounds like a place I want to go to. Right. I mean, obviously, the whole point of prison is to deter people from doing crime. Right. And I think that people at Alcatraz were taking that very fucking serious. Yeah. A lot of prisoners committed suicide. I'm not surprised. Mm-hmm. The first one was by the name of Ed, I'm going to say this wrong, Wakek. It's W-U-T-K-E. Okay. Yeah. And then a lot of them went crazy. Like one guy tried to chop off his hand. Because <gasps> he was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> a writer at the time described Alcatraz as the greatest garbage can of the San Francisco Bay. Which is where all the federal prisons dumped their rotten apples. Ew. They meant people. Oh. <laughs> Not literally their rotten apples. I <laughs> went <laughs> oh, right over my head. It's fine. You're like, really? They just took all the apples from everywhere? What the fuck? It's a weird thing to do. Okay. So in 1939, the new U.S. general, his name is Frank Murphy, attacked the penitentiary saying, the whole institution is conductive to psychologically builds up a sinister and ambitious attitude among prisoners. The prison's reputation was not helped by the arrival of America's most dangerous felons, including that of Robert Stroud, the Birdman of Alcatraz. That's crazy. Fucking yikes. Right? Basically, and this dude, we'll talk about him a little later. There were a lot of people. They were, you know, people who they murdered each other. Obviously, that kind of stuff happens in prison. But right, it, I think it was a little bit more like, I don't know, pronounced there. That would make sense because they're so secluded and everything. It's just like they get so hostile. You know what I mean? 
Right. Because it's not just that you're trapped. It's that you're like, even if you were to somehow like get outside, like you would know that you were trapped on an island. Yeah. You ain't going nowhere. You can get out of your cell. You can get out of the building. But where the fuck are you going to go? Right. That's like one of the things like I was like, why do they have a wall? Like, where are they going to go? Right. They could have had a guard at a tower. So if a boat came up, they could, you know, have taken care of that. But mm-hmm. but we will talk about attempts in a little bit. Mm-hmm. So essentially what happened in the 1950s, the conditions improved and inmates were, you know, they were like, OK, like we can start playing instruments and watching movies and they did paintings and use like radio. Like so basically like what regular prisons were doing, they started to incorporate because I think they were like, right, we're like fucking these people up. <laughs> yeah. And some of these people were supposed to get out of prison and it's like we're actually making them worse. So they're like, let's give them some some happiness. But essentially what happened is, you know, budget cuts, all that jazz, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And it closed on March 21st, 1963. But now you can go visit it. You can actually go to the prison. It's a museum that gives tours. It sees about 1.5 million visitors annually. Oh, wow. Right. I was like, excuse me, what? Right. Okay. So everyone really wants to know about the escape attempts, because if you were a prisoner on Alcatraz, you could really just like sit out and stare and see it's 1.25 miles to shore. Mm -hmm. And you have to really think to yourself, because they said that when every person who came onto that island, every prisoner at one point in time said, how do I get out of here? Right. And there were some people who were not so successful. Yes. I mean, out of 36, there's like five or six they cannot account for. Mm -hmm. So they're not sure if they made it out or they just were swept out to sea. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like they don't know. Mm -hmm. So out of the 36 attempts or the 36 prisoners, there were 14 escape attempts. Two men were tried twice. Hmm. 23 were caught, six were shot and killed during their escape, two drowned, and five are listed as missing and presumed drowned. The first escape attempt happened on April 27th, 1936, and it was a man by the name of Joseph Bowers. He was assigned to burn trash in the incinerator, and he was scaling a fence, and a guard saw him and told him to come down. And when he refused, the guard shot him, and then he fell mm. about 50 feet and consequently died. Don't try to climb a fence when someone has a gun. Well, there you go. Because no matter how this was going to work, I mean, if you got on the other side of it, like... Right? It's not going to work out in your favor. <laughs> he's he's going to be there with the gun, so... It said chain link. It did not say wall. So (laughs) the second attempt was on December 16th, 1937. And it was two men by the name of Theodore Cole and Ralph Rowe. During their work assignments in the one of the workshop, they cut the flat iron bars to a window and climbed out into the bay. It was a stormy day and the seas were rough. And basically they were thought to have died by drowning and their bodies were swept out to sea, which is kind of like the ones that are missing. They're like, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So the most violent escape t- attempt occurred on May 2nd to May 4th of 1946, which was a failed attempt by six prisoners that led the Battle of Alcatraz, also known as the Alcatraz Blastout. It was Bernard Coy, Joseph Kritzler, Sam Shuckley, Clarence Cranes, Marvin Hubbard, and Miran Thompson daringly took control of the cell house 
by overpowering correctional officers, and they were able to enter the weapons room, and they were demanded keys to the outside recreation door. A quick-thinking guard by the name of William Turner turned it all over, but the keys to the outer door, which he pocketed. So basically, they could get out into the yard. They couldn't get out of the yard. (laughs) (laughs) They held Miller and a second guard hostage. So Miller was then shot, and then he basically died from his injuries. And then they shot the other guard as well. So they weren't so good with the hostage situation. Yeah. Eventually, the U.S. Marines had to intervene and help the correction officers and killed the three prisoners. In this battle, apart from the guards and prisoners killed 17 guards and one other prisoner was injured. Shuckley, Thomas, and Cranes were tried for killing the correctional officers. They were sentenced to death via the gas chamber. And they went to San Quentin. Hmm. So they didn't even get to stay on Alcatraz. They had to go across the bay. Hmm. I wonder if they just took them by boat. Probably. <laughs> like I'm like, ooh, thought. <laughs> thought for the day. Now, there is a very, very famous escape from Alcatraz. Mm-hmm. There are three men who are rumored to have made it out on the other side. So on June 11th, 1962, Frank Morris, John, I believe it's pronounced Agalin, and Clarice Agalin. I hope that's how you say that. I apologize if it's wrong. Okay. Like, they carefully planned this out. Like, they didn't just... Yeah. So, basically, what they did is they were in cell block B, and it was behind their cells of cell block B. There was an unguarded three-foot-wide utility corridor. The prisoners chiseled away the salt-damaged concrete from around an air vent leading to this corridor. Using tools such as metal spoons soldered with silver from the dime and an electric drill improvised from a stolen vacuum cleaner motor. Like, these guys were fucking genius. Right? (laughs) To hide the noise, the others would play, like, accordion for an hour, and then they would put up a false wall. Like, that's one thing. Like, we've talked about Ted Bundy and how he escaped and all these things, but they they took it an extra step. Mm -hmm. So basically... They planned this like they after they dug it, they went through, they like bound their way through to make sure that they could, you know, escape Mm -hmm. so that they weren't like climbing into a guard's room. (laughs) Yeah. Right. So another thing that they did is they were like, okay, we have to be in our cells like we have to escape, but we also have to be in our cells. Like, how do we do that? So they fucking created paper mache heads that looked like themselves. What the fuck? They stole human hair from the barbershop. I'm I'm telling you. The escapees also made an inflatable raft that took a lot of weeks because they had basically stolen raincoats. Hmm. Mm -hmm. So they would go at night, they would go up onto the top of their cell block and build this raft. And then because it was concealed from the guards... So they spent weeks planning this thing. So it's not only did they like get away with like the one night that they actually got out, but they got away with like weeks and weeks of like just not being in their cells. Wow. Right? It's crazy. It is. So the next morning when they went to do headcount, these guys were gone. (laughs) Just up and fucking vanished. Mm. Basically, the FBI gets involved because it's a federal prison and they're the Federal Bureau of Investigation. There was another prisoner by the name of Alan West who was part of the escapees group but was left behind. West's false wall kept slipping, so he held it in place with cement, which set. So he was stupid. 
he rebuilt his wall. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. My wall fell down. So instead of just propping it up with something else, I basically rebuilt it. Hmm. I guess the other three guys like accelerated the timeline because I think they were done. They're like, let's go. But Wes hadn't been able to like re-chip away his wall yet. So by the time he got out, his companions were gone. Womp womp. Motherfuckers, right? (laughs) I mean, it's a prison escape, dude. Like... Get with it or you're going to be left. (laughs) Right? There were hundreds of leads and theories that pursued, that the FBI had to pursue. I mean, there's theories that they basically drowned. This has been recreated. They have take, they've basically like, people have waited to recreate the exact weather, Mm -hmm. recreate the exact rafts out of like basically the same materials. They, They got into the water and it was about 50 to 55 degrees Fahrenheit. Which is really cold. I mean, I know you live in Alaska, but... I don't fuck with going in the water. <laughs> like, I don't go swimming in the water here, Jessica. Jeez. Heated pools, Jessica. So basically, there's all these rumors like they drowned or they basically escaped. But the theory is, and the families kind of help support this, is that one of the longstanding rumors is that the two brothers, the Aglan brothers, basically escaped and then went to Brazil. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So basically what it is is that they said that there were footprints and there had been a 55 blue Chevy that had been stolen the night of the escape. So basically they stole a car. Mm-hmm. The raft was discovered at Angel Island and then there were footprints that led up to where a car had been that they then stole. Yeah. So let's talk about some of the famous people who called Alcatraz home. Yes, yes. So there were two people that were connected to one another. It was Arthur Barker and Elvis Francis. And I'm going to say this probably wrong. And I'm so sorry. I mean, I'm not sorry. He's a bad person. <laughs> <laughs> it's C-A or it's K-A-R-P-A-V-I-C-Z. Any guesses? I got no clue. Me either. I would say Carpazzi. Let's call it say Carpazzi's. Mm-hmm. And so basically, these two were in the same gang. It was in the Barker Carpies gang. Mm -hmm. So they were, they kind of knew each other. But Alvin, who is also known as Creepy Carpus, or his gang members called him Ray. I don't understand that. Like, that's weird. So his name is Creepy Carpus because apparently he had a very sinister smile. What? Okay. Yeah, I don't know. That's what it says. All right, we'll go with it. So it was him and then Arthur, who's also named Doc, and Doc's brother Fred were the leaders of the Mob Baker gang. And um, <laughs> they were like, Creepy was basically public enemy numero uno by the FBI. And they would not stop until they found him. And he was he actually spent uh, the longest period of time in the at that prison. He spent 26 years there. Wow. Mm-hmm. He was credited with 10 murders, six kidnappings as a part of a bank robbery. He was eventually deported to Canada in 1971 and then died in Spain in 1979. Jesus. All right. Yeah. So, like I said, he was public enemy number one, and there were four public enemies that were given this, other people who were given this title, and that was John Dillinger, Pretty Boy Floyd, and Babyface Nelson. All three of them were killed. Alvin was the only one that made it out. Hmm. One of the biggest, most well-known occupants of Alcatraz was Al Capone. Yes. 
He arrived in 1934 mm-hmm. and he made it clear that he would not be receiving any kind of, oh, and basically what it was, as soon as he got there, the prison was like, look, dude, we know you're like America's mobster, but we don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. So they basically made it very clear that he was not going to be receiving any preferential treatment. Good. Right. Because when he, the last place he had been at, he had been deemed the master manipulator and had basically been contributing or basically running his crime business while in prison. Yeah. Capone generated a lot of media attention while he was at Alcatraz, though he served four and a half year sentence there. He basically had to go because he was in poor health. So he was transferred out in 1938. He was then released from prison in 1939 and then moved to Miami until he died in 1947 at the age of 48 from a heart attack. Yes. And we discussed that on our Valentine's episode, right? I think so. I think so. Yeah. This is one of those things. It's like Al Capone was never arrested for any of the crimes he committed for racketeering. He was arrested for tax evasion yeah right and a lot of them were (laughs) (laughs) so i know that i've mentioned robert franklin strode several times the birdman of alcatraz as he was called Mm -hmm. he was transferred to alcatraz in 1942 at a young age he took to pimping and was involved in a murder during a drunken brawl after terms in mcneil island and leavenworth federal prison where he killed Officer Andrew Turner, he was transferred to Alcatraz, and his sentence was extended. He was a self-taught ornithologist, and he wrote several books. His Digest of Diseases of Birds is considered a classic in orthology. So, just because you go to prison doesn't mean you cannot continue your education. Hmm. He was confined to the D-cell block in solitary confinement for most of his duration, And after a term in the prison hospital, he was transferred to the Medical Center of Federal Prisons in Springfield, Missouri, due to his deteriorating health. Although he was given the name the Birdman of Alcatraz, he was not permitted to keep birds in his prison cell at Alcatraz as he had at Leavenworth because it was prohibited. He died in 1963. So now I am going to turn it over to you to talk about the paranormal shit. Yes, yes. So when I was doing my research, I was a little disappointed with YouTube (laughs) because usually more shows and such have went to places we've covered. was kind of surprised. And if it's just I just didn't come across it, y'all could be like, check this out. But anyway, um... I didn't come across like any of our normal like ghost adventures or taps or anybody having any footage online for us to watch. They may have visited it. I'm sure some of them probably did when it was on TV, but nothing on YouTube, sadly. There was ghost labs, but they're like two minute videos. So meh. I have heard that Alcatraz does not allow ghost hunters. Ah, okay. Well, then that would make more sense. So... I did find some articles, though, for some fun spooky spooks. So there's a couple stories and a couple little areas in the prison that are popular with activity. So one of the most active places is the utility corridor where Coy, Kretzer, and Hubbard were basically shot to death when they tried to do their escape. 
And then in the 70s, this was the same area that a night guard also reported hearing clanging sounds, which you kind of hear all throughout. And people who said they've went on tours, they've heard this as well. A popular cell is 14D. It's one of the whole cells that Jessica told us about, the, you know, solitary areas. And it has a lot of activity with spirits. So people, they get those cold spots. So like those weird cold spots we talked about, like when we went to Winchester. And then also just like this weird, intense feeling. That's really how it's described. Like there's no other way they could describe it, which if you've been in a paranormal haunted area, you kind of get it. Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You just get these sensations that you can't explain. Right. So there's a story, though, with 14D that in the 40s, when a prisoner was locked, he was screaming through the night. There was a creature with glowing eyes that was going to kill him. The next day, they found his body and he had been strangled to death. No one ever said they went and killed this man or anything. But the weird thing was the next day when they're doing their head counts, They counted one too many prisoners. Some of the guards say that they claim to have seen the dead convict in line with the other inmates, but just for a second before he vanished. What? Yeah. That's fucking creepy. Right? There's also stories around Warden Johnston, whose nickname was the Golden Rule Warden. He um, experienced a weird encounter when showing some guests around the prison. So according to his story, basically, like, they heard sobbing from inside the prison walls. And then, like, a cold wind flew past the group in an area where there'd be no way for wind to be, like, a gust kind of thing. Yeah, right? And then over in cell blocks A, B, and C... There's more crying and more moaning from the prisoners. There was a psychic who wrote that when he was in Block C, that there was a very kind of disruptive or, I don't know necessarily hostile, but very active spirit. And the name he got from that was Butcher. The records showed in the prison that there was another inmate in Block C named Abby Maldowitz, who was a mob hitman. And that was his nickname. Oh, okay. (laughs) Right? And like Jessica mentioned, Al Capone stayed in this prison for a while, but had his health decline because of syphilis. Apparently took up a hobby of banjo playing with the prison band. Okay. Basically, he thought he would die, like get murdered if he spent like too much time in the prison yard. So... He got permission to practice his banjo in the shower room, which is weird. And there's like countless stories of people hearing banjo music coming from that same room. So there's a story, too, in particular that was kind of like, oh, creepy. There was a like a new ranger of Alcatraz that had actually heard this and I guess he hadn't researched the place, but he basically didn't know this story. He didn't know this was a thing. And he was just like, I heard fucking music. What the fuck is this shit? And then got it explained. So just super weird. But apparently that's another common one, along with the crying and the moaning and stuff like a banjo. You hear a fucking banjo. You hear a banjo. No, it's not someone being weird. There's a ghosty. There's a ghosty. Might be Al Capone. You never know. I mean, if I was Al Capone (laughs) and I had as much 
bad juju on the other side, mm-hmm. I might run away to Alcatraz. Right. And then other stories that I read kind of just included things like smelling smoke and then more stories of the crying and the moaning and stuff of the prisoners. Cold spots are really common. And then people have said they've seen like apparitions or, you know, ghost shapes of prisoners or military personnel, which, you know, we talked about Leavenworth. So that would kind of make sense. Maybe some of them stuck around. Maybe they did. And also it being an army fort in the 1800s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there's also stories of when they kept Native Americans there as well. There's stories of apparitions with that as well. So just this is an area that's had a lot of bad juju, a lot of anguish, a lot of negative magnetic energy, you know. So I'm not surprised that there's some. And then I know there's also been stories of like people hearing the chains and stuff like that. It's kind of one of those things where it's like there's not a ton of stories, but the few different types of stories, it is creepy. I would not want to hear or see any of that while touring that. I think I'd probably like shit myself (laughs) because you ain't got nowhere to go. (laughs) I know. It's like it's one of those places that you really need to commit to going to because once you're there, you're there till the end of your tour. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So a little short and sweet on the spooky spooks, but you know, like Jessica said, they don't allow hunting there. Mm -hmm. So there's not really much to watch. Most of it's reading. Right. So, yeah, still fun. Still a couple little ghosties. Got to bring you the spooks. Yeah, I mean, I've always heard about the paranormal activity. Like, it's a hotbed. I mean, just like you look at the way that they talk about the prison it being so the conditions are so horrible that if you died of like a disease or sickness or stuff while you were there, you probably would be bitter about it. You're like, I'm not going to leave. I'm going to stay here and haunt you. Fuck you guys. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that is just going to go ahead and wrap us up here for our monthly bonus episode here on Alcatraz. We hope you guys enjoyed it. And if any of you guys have happened to make your way out there and visited, we would love to hear how your experience was or got pictures, anything cool like that. Feel free to share them. We'd love to see them. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode. We had a fun time researching it and learning some new stuff. If you want to hang out with us on socials, again, we are at Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. It's at Three Spooked Girls. Our Facebook group is Three Spooked Girls Official. You can come hang out with us and talk about whatever you want. It's a place for positive, uplifting, overall great environment. And we will catch you on Thursday for a stabby snippet. Bye. Bye. Bye.